Jumbo, everybody. Jumbo. Welcome to Jumbo Dr. Akumbo Podcast, bringing you cultural relevant, multifaceted conversations and reflections intersecting education, entertainment, and business with a commitment to DEIB and cultural capacity building. Jumbo. Jumbo, Dr. Carson. <laughs> Jumbo, Dr. Ruth. How are you today? I'm doing really great. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I hear you have great things about your trip to Africa. Can yes. you just introduce yourself for our audience? Tell us who you are. I, there's a little thing I do where I ask you for any special meanings to your name. Why do your parents name you? Who they named you? Like, why were you named Carol? Or why yes. do you have the name Dr. Carson? And then we from there, you could just give us a little bit of an intro of who you are. Okay, well, my name again is Dr. Carol Carson. I don't think that there was anything special other than my mother just liked the name Carol. Mm. Uh, and that was it. Um, again, nothing special. Uh, I'm the uh, second oldest in a family of five. Uh, there were only two girls and three boys, and my parents are from the South. Uh, and But I was, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. California. So nice. Very yes. nice. Born and raised in California. Is it like mm -hmm. us being from California? We know that a lot of us in California are people that immigrated into California, yes. right? Yes. From mm -hmm. other states and things like that. So it's always very nice to hear mm -hmm. uh, a native camp. Yes. Californian. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Africa. Africa. You went to Africa this year. Tell me yes. My wonderful nephew um, was having, he was in charge of like a revival in Africa. And so he invited me. And of course, that's where we went. And that, that was my first visit to Africa. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was a lot different than I anticipated. But uh, the people, the food, the schools, the children, uh, they were just phenomenal. They were really phenomenal. Um, I teach school in urban, the urban communities of South Los Angeles. Um, I basically went to Catholic school all my life from the first through the 12th. And then I went to Loyola. And I understand that you went to Loyola as well. I did. Yeah. You are lying. Yes. So uh, let's see. I went to Loyola for my undergrad and for my master's. And then I went to Pepperdine, of course, um, for wow, both my first and my second doctorate. So I'm excited about that. Um, let's see. So I have a different, I have a different set of knowledge or experience because I went to parochial school and then I taught at public schools. Mm -hmm. And so that was very different. Um, and I think that because of the discipline and maybe even the religious background that may have something to do with the ability to move forward at a particular pace. Um, when I went to Africa, one of the first things that I noticed, I was at an assembly and this assembly was outside. They had three different high schools represented. The speaker did not have a microphone and yet you could hear every word that he said. You didn't hear a teacher or an adult saying anything like, shh, shh, be quiet, someone is speaking. They were, the children were focused. They were disciplined. They were, again, amazing. Uh, it was, 
I was just amazed. And so I said immediately, I want to know how this happened. How are these children so disciplined? How are they so into knowledge? Um, and so I met with parents, I met with teachers, and I met with students. And the one thing that came out was the children have a really great foundation. And many times their foundation is in a, with a spiritual aspect. And they are taught to respect education, to respect their teachers. Um, and it's a huge difference, especially right now, what's going on in the States with our schools and with our students. And I know that you've heard some of the stuff that's going on. For instance, we've had a, uh, we had a young man not too long ago, uh, I think he was six feet six, he weighed about 240 pounds, and he beat up a teacher because she took his, what was it, one of his, I don't know if it wasn't his cell phone, but he knocked her unconscious, and I mean, he's in, he, they took him to court, he's, of course, he was removed from the school, but he is now facing 30 years in prison. Now, I don't know if that is going to actually come forth if they're going to reduce that sentence or they're trying to set a standard or they're trying to frighten him or frighten people that might want to do something like that. But I, I just don't, uh, there's such a vast difference. Um, when I spoke to the teachers, one of the things that came out was there was no school police. And I was basically in Johannesburg, Zambia, Lusaka, um, there's no school police and the children have such an attitude of reverence almost for their teachers and for education. Right. When our group went to uh, Africa, one of the ladies had a huge duffel bag filled with toys but and games, but they were not that interested in that. They wanted books. And so my sister and I committed to filling their library with books, not building the building, putting the books into the library. And so we're working on that even now. Um, I was told that there was a, a little boy, he was about six years old and he walked, this school was at, uh, this particular school that I'm speaking of was at an orphanage called Just Because, and it was located in Lusaka. And um, he walked to school six miles every day and he was never, ever late. Mm-hmm. There's no tardy slips. There's no suspension because they feel if a student is there to be taught, they want to learn, they understand where they are, why they are there, and where they are going. So their whole attitude, their focus is so different from our children. And it's it's just, they again, I can't say enough how amazing they were, how refreshing it was, and how you just wanted to do any and everything for these kids. Right. Uh, do you yeah. think, um, do you, do you feel like that was something that was all throughout your trip? Because you went to multiple countries, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Yes, I did. Did, mm -hmm. you, did you visit different classrooms in different countries as you went or you just yes. went out experience with that one classroom? No, yeah. I felt that it was in all of the ones in the different cities that I went to. And again, the different, I met with different parents at different points and the students themselves. Uh, sometimes uh, I would be out just in the area and they, I guess they could tell we were visiting, but just the way they interacted with us, you know, they were 
they would say, auntie, auntie, you know, like I was, I went to a revival one night and I was going the wrong way. And they said, auntie, auntie, come with me. You're going the wrong way. They were so concerned. They were so, again, respectful. And I think that we really need that here. Right. But um, they were, they were kind. They were concerned on our way back from the revival. We walked to our hotel and they took out their cell phones and put up the light to direct us to make sure we didn't hit in any puddles. They were so concerned about our welfare and they wanted us to be safe. And I didn't feel unsafe any place that I went to in Africa. That's great. That is yeah. so great. I it, think it is. you keep nailing on this issue of respect, right? Yes. yes. You, you've touched mm -hmm. on the, 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 the theme of respect quite a yes. few times. Yes. And, um, I'm not saying that American children are not respectful per se. I am saying like what I'm going to say is emphasizing the fact that in across the African uh, uh, communities that I know, respect mm -hmm. is such a key value. Yes. So I read an article that said that in the Western countries, what the parent of the child prioritizing is teaching their child to be independent. Mm -hmm. But when you go to African communities, what those parents prioritize is teaching their children respect. Yes. For independence. So you right. have respect. Mm -hmm. And even when I was doing research in Kenya, one of the biggest themes that came out of the research was respect. How the parents talked so much about respect and yes. a lot of respect based on the fact that children are starting to copy the behavior of children in like in America, in France, in Britain. So yes. the, the, because of social media, because of television and movies and just the interconnectedness of our societies today, children are starting in Africa, starting to copy behaviors that are not common to that society. So it's refreshing to hear that your experience kind of like still touched on the, the, the old values, the values that are really core to the African mm -hmm. uh, communities and how these communities continues, continue to maintain it. And mm -hmm. you being from Los Angeles, having one of the busiest, biggest cities in the world and having yes. it, and teaching in this environment, I mm -hmm. call it a whole different jungle, right? Like people yes. say Africa is a jungle, but mm -hmm. being in Los Angeles is a completely different jungle. Yes. Like, Experience of being beat up in a classroom mm -hmm. by a mm -hmm. student is, yes. is very foreign to an African mind. Right. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and I do think that social media has a lot to do with it. Uh, in my research, I look not just at uh, the Black students, but the Hispanic students. Mm -hmm. Even if they can't speak English, they act the same way so that's you know really strange uh mm -hmm. they're all the the biggest thing with them is the disrespect mm -hmm. uh, they so feel theory, right like that's yeah. they're just learning yeah. you don't necessarily need to be able to speak but you can watch somebody and copy a minute right. they're doing yeah so when i'm looking i'm thinking about what you're saying as well uh i'm wondering there's so many reasons it's not just one reason but it is it does have a lot to do with their foundation mm -hmm. and what they're taught in the homes um and of course a lot of times people parent the way that they were parented but society is so different now 
it's not reaching or doing the things that it used to do. It's not accomplishing what it should. And so there's so many things that we need to look at because my concern is this, the, the students that we have today are basically, they are going to be our future tomorrow. And if they are not prepared, and if this is our educational system on a particular level is constantly disintegrating, what will happen in the future years if we don't do something to stop this or to thwart it? We've got to come up with something, but there's no one problem. There's so many. Right. Uh, but I'm, when I look at it now also, I'm thinking on the foundation, a lot of, I can't speak to the foundation of Hispanic children because I don't know enough about that. But for the, the foundation for black children, many times they're not taught about their African heritage, our, tra our traditions, our values, our languages. You know, we, we don't just have one language, we have many languages. And so we're talking about now being culturally relevant mm -hmm. and that's a good thing, but I think our children need to know more about their history, mm -hmm. their background, mm -hmm. the, about the African culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have had so many times now that I've taught, once coming back from Africa, I've shared with the students how the students there treated me, how different they were. Mm -hmm. And I know they have such a different view of what Africa is like. You know, so I'm saying that's not Africa at all. You know, so, and we try to get in, you know, encourage them to find out more, but we can't do it on our own. I think that we need to, at some point, like re-educate our parents or bring more knowledge into that foundation. Um, so we've got to look at so much, look at what works in Africa and try to model that here in America. And hopefully that will help bring about some change. But if we don't, if a kid is at this age, it's six foot six, and he's gonna beat up a teacher for taking the cell phone, mm -hmm. what else will they do? So it's, you know, it's it's hard. I, I noticed that in, in many of our schools, we have, to, we have what's called professional development so that we go through a lot as teachers to bring about be a better way to educate our students, um, more knowledge, you know, make sure that we've got their history, we're considering all those things, but if when you get in front of a, a student, students, you're in front of the classroom and you're trying to teach, if you first have to go through and parent, that's hard. That because then by the time, you know, you know, stop this, don't do this. You know, everybody, or the, you get a little note from a student saying, you know, Dr. Carson, can you move me? Because these kids make so much noise and I want to concentrate and I can't. And then when you, you, you have to be careful, you can't say it while the student is in the class. You don't know what they might do to that student afterwards. So you're, you're in a lot of roles, you know, but you're saying come to our, a lot of, many times our students do not come to school prepared. Those are little things. You know, you're going, you're going to school, come prepared. If you don't have it for whatever reason, go to the administration office the moment you get in, ask for paper, pencil, they're disorganized, they're irresponsible. And those are things that you need along with right. textbook knowledge. You right. cannot survive. You can't have a job and decide you're going to come when you want to come because you're tired or, or you <laughs> stayed up late last night and watched television. That's not going to work. 
So this thing called education isn't just the textbook. It's about life, building relationships. And in order for us to do that, we need that buy-in from the parent. Mm -hmm. That parent has to be willing to help set the pace, help mm -hmm. the student to understand. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot, it's a huge battle that we're fighting, right. but unless we take some steps, and again, it's not any one thing, it's many. Right, right. And, but, you, but you make a really good point though, that it, it, you, the root is the parent. And then yes. as you think about the root being the parent, just as you mentioned that these are the leaders of tomorrow, mm -hmm. now think these are the parents of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That is a really yeah. nice myth of mm -hmm. a thought to think that right. mm -hmm. that kid that just beat up a teacher over a cell phone is going yes. to raising a kid. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine that kid in an office or, you know, anybody who would want to have a business relationship with somebody that wants to beat you up when things yeah. don't go his or her way? Yes. Who wants to do that, you know? So... So that's Are not we, like I, I I can I can really appreciate how you felt mm -hmm. um in, in the watching the African kids in the class. Yes. I mm -hmm. can truly appreciate that because mm -hmm. I when somebody says to me, Go can you teach high school? I was I I like basically high school and undergraduate scares scares me in America. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. those yes me because I was raised in that environment that you're talking about mm -hmm. I was raised in a village and mm -hmm. I went to school and I sat there and I sat mm -hmm. quiet mm -hmm. I wanted to speak I left up my hand the teacher gave me yes speak mm -hmm. I spoke and I sit down and another person is speaking I I listen yes and and the teacher is speaking, you listen. Mm -hmm. And if you want to interrupt the teacher, you would put up your hand, right? Yes, yes. That is how I was raised. And that yes. is like, I, mm -hmm. you don't talk back to the teacher. You talk to the talk back to the teacher. You got, I know people are like, oh, you got whipped. Yes, yeah. you got whipped. Because mm -hmm. it was, it, it's, you weren't getting, it wasn't like, they were just beating you like, ah, no, it was no. like, you're going to get one, two, three. Like, mm -hmm. you knew the reason why you were getting that discipline. Mm -hmm. They explained to you, these are the rules. If you break the rules, this is the punishment for breaking the rules. Right. It mm -hmm. meant you're going to go kneel down in the corner. Then mm -hmm. that was the punishment for breaking the rules. Right. But nobody, it was very rare that mm -hmm. students would want to break the rules. It was, I don't, I... The mindset to me where children have so much freedom, yes, respectful to their mm -hmm. teachers, it basically says to me that at home they are very disrespectful to their yes. parents. Yes, yes. And if you listen to their language, they use very vulgar language. And I remember asking another uh, teacher, I said, do you think that they talk like that at home? And she said, yes, because yes. it's too fluid. She mm -hmm. said, they can't just stop it and start it. That's just the way that they talk. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, will, I have asked a student, I said, does your mother know that you talk like that? Or do you think she would appreciate that? And she said, oh, my mother knows. <laughs> my mother knows. And so they, so again, you have to constantly, or mm -hmm. I have students that will come up to the desk and just open my drawer while I'm sitting there and take what they want. And I said, no. When you want something at the doors closed, you knock before you open it. Mm -hmm. If you want something, you ask before you take it. You don't just open that. But that mentality puts them in different 
mindsets, different types of relationships that gets them into all kinds of trouble. Trouble. (laughs) Talking about knocking, you know, knocking is such an important cultural element. Yes. Uh You go somewhere, even when I go to a compound, which Mm -hmm. is like, I'm not even at, when I'm entering the compound, I actually say quack quack. Because it's like I'm announcing that I'm yes. and I'm entering. Right. Uh-huh. If I get to the door and it's a place where I'm going to somebody's particular door and mm-hmm. it's closed, that quakwa is that knock. Yes. And mm-hmm. they will give you permission to enter. If they don't answer, you knock a couple of times, they don't answer, you might be able, if it's somebody you know, you might be able to pip in. Like maybe yeah. they're not home, are they home mm-hmm. and they can hear you, you can pip in and call in and mm-hmm. things like that. That whole right attitude of knocking even in my own house today mm-hmm. i live with my nephew so i would i still knock i don't enter the house without knocking i know yes but you build uh-huh. that culture from a right. child from your childhood so mm-hmm. if a child feels like they can just walk into a room and just uh-huh. walk into your property and just open it and start taking mm-hmm. things the it's you gotta train them from when they're younger yes you do you start when they're yes. young and people notice that uh, people are, I think they're drawn to people that show respect. It gives them different opportunities. And so I try to, again, I try to explain those things uh, to my students. Then I say, the way that you treat somebody, you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. And they're observing how you interact with other people. Do they want that element in their business? Do they want that element in their lives? And so you need to stop and think before you say something, stop and think before you do things. But again, I do think it has to do with the parent. But then when you uh, look at parents, again, you have to go back and you say, well, what was their education like? That's right. Yes. What was their education like? And so what are they teaching? And then that's where I love the, the African the the whole tradition or the heritage of they seem to help one another mm-hmm. you know because people struggle with different things and that sometimes shapes and influences how they parent mm-hmm. so if you you see a person struggling in their parenting you don't have to beat them down you don't have to talk about them you can my mother used to say if you don't have something good to say about somebody don't say anything at all mm-hmm. But a lot of people will beat you down. They'll talk about you, but share, help the person. You know, sometimes people are going through and don't even realize they're going through. Sometimes people are going through and don't realize they need help. But sometimes our experiences will encourage us to do the right thing or influence us to see what's actually going on. And it doesn't take a lot to be kind. You know, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. doesn't. And so if we could just get back to some of our African heritage and traditions, I would love that. I I would like to sponsor something like that here in America. And I don't think I could really approach or maybe add so much to every single problem, but I do feel that I can help when it comes to parenting. Right. That's where I think I'm going to take my research from this point on. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, we should should probably collaborate now that you're talking about the cultural part. We should collaborate and see how things, I I 
my research is African culture based. So it will be nice to see how I could use elements from my research that are very, very uh, grounded in the African culture and pan-African, yes. to say the least, and actually help mm -hmm. with whatever you want to do moving forward. Okay, now let me ask you a question because you've been in America for a while and mm -hmm. studied and did some research. Do you think that people realize the magnitude of the greatness of African? The no, African no. The moment, the moment you said that, oh, I want the Af some of the things I saw in Africa to come here. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's if I've always heard people. I want the gold of Africa. Like you see what's happening in Congo today. I mm -hmm. want the cotton of Africa, but they are primitive and poor, and everything else is bad. And mm -hmm. no. So you're one of the first people that have said, I saw something else. I yes. saw something else mm -hmm. that I think that we should adopt. And that's, yes. that's why like, some people might think that some of us Africans that are very aware, even though we're Americans now, we're very culturally aware. Uh -huh. and we're very proud of our culture. So yes. if somebody says to me, oh, you come from a village or primitive that, the look I'm going to give them is just this look of, oh, I feel so bad at your ignorance, right? Like, yes. uh -huh. I am so distraught by your ignorance uh -huh. because yes. you understood the, the riches that I have because of my culture, because of mm -hmm. my life as a, as a child that was born and raised in Africa. Mm -hmm. you, were, you, were, you, you cannot even comprehend the half of it, right? No. Just coming mm -hmm. from language. Mm -hmm. These children, by the time they even get to a classroom, they can fluently speak their tribal languages. Yes. Fluently. Yes. Fluently. Mm -hmm. You cannot compete with a child like that. They, they think they might not know as much as you might know in the mm -hmm. English language or in the other things. But mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they are dumb. It doesn't mean that they don't know. No. It doesn't mean their culture is not rich. It simply means that they started behind. Okay. started behind so mm -hmm. until africa like until the world can understand the potential mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the value of the african culture and not not to 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 take it and try to make it their own or mm -hmm. take it and and try to change it uh -huh. but to to learn from it like you're saying what can mm -hmm. we learn from this yes how can we see what they're doing and adopt it right yes right because if you keep looking at it as primitive you keep looking at it like oh these people are backwards you're missing out like yes. you are really 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 missing out like okay. the african culture is rich it's yes it is so rich, rich. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so proud of you i'm so proud of you for going there with an open mind Yes, I love it. I'm ready to go back. And my nephew loves it too. They are they are trying to, I think, establish what they call dual citizenship. Mm -hmm. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go back. I loved it. I love the children. Mm -hmm. Oh, they they were and you and this is if I could just get this across to our students. We're not even in Los Angeles. We're not a, as teachers. We are not against you in any way, but I've got, I have students maybe that I've seen once or twice and they come into the relationship with real hatred towards mm -hmm. me. And I'm saying, I've only seen you twice. What is this coming from? Where, where did you pick this up? So, you know, so when you have to fight those barriers 
to teach someone. You have to go through hoops and everything. When By the time you get to the point where you really want to teach, the bell rings and the class is over. Um, and they've missed out on so much and they've disrupted the class for students that are really trying to learn. It's so hard. And they are the ones that are losing out. They are the ones that are losing out. They are the ones that are losing out. And then, so you even sometimes I try to talk to them about sometimes black people are victims of what they call racial stereotyping. Mm -hmm. And so I said, when they talk about us like this and they're saying that we're this way and we're, and we're not, we become upset. And I said, but you haven't taken the time to mm -hmm. find out about the African people. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes they might make a statement. I said, that's not true. Where did you get that information from? Yeah, yeah you know, so you've got to be fair. And sometimes I, I also express to them that many times you are your own worst enemy mm -hmm. because you don't take the time to find out what's really going on, nor do you take the, the time to practice maybe one or two Mm -hmm. of the advice that somebody has shared with you to mm -hmm. see if it works or if it doesn't, or if it leads to something that would work right. for you, right. you know, but so I don't know, but I'm, I'm just in love with Africa and the African people. I just, I love I'm it. so proud of them and their, their uh, values that we have, the mm -hmm. traditions. And so I don't separate myself from Africa. I'm part of Africa. I am so proud of that. So I just love it. The moment you accept your African identity, mm -hmm. yes, you've you started the, the, the process of your actual true liberation. Yes. Me as an African, mm -hmm. I have to tell you that because I was fortunate to have parents that had gone to school before I did. Okay. So I had a little bit of a different life compared to a child whose parent had never gone to school. Okay. So my I would speak English at home with my dad, even though we was I would still speak the tribal language, I would still speak pidgin mm -hmm. and I was still like I would still speak that. So yes. I had a little bit I was able to read more. My dad okay. will read a, a newspaper. He will pass it over to me and I will read a newspaper with him. Okay. So uh -huh. I had some of those. So for even though I was grounded in the culture, I still had a little bit of a distance between the child that didn't have some of the um, the, the learned privileges like right. I, uh -huh. I did. Mm -hmm. So I moved at 13 to the cities. And that kind of distanced me even more from my tribe, right? And my values. Even though you have these tribes meetings and things like that, but it starts to remove you. Then I yes. come to the United States and you're learning. And then now you're starting to almost emulate the Western ways right. of doing uh -huh. it, right? Uh -huh. And you right. start to emulate. And then being a Christian and following yes. the Christian religion, yes, you start to think and emulate and behave and mm -hmm. copy and mimic any of those words that we can throw yes. in there at the ways of the West or the ways of the, the people that colonized your country and the ways of what you were reading in the textbooks because the textbooks were always grounded in something that had to do with not to do with anything in our community. They were not really cultural relevant, right? Right, so, right. I come to the U.S. and that whole process continue, right? You continue to mm -hmm. evolve away from yes. the culture mm -hmm. and the upbringing that you get. I still have some of those key values, like the respect yes. and the other things, but mm -hmm. you're evolving away towards uh -huh. somebody else's culture. Yes. I had to revisit my identity after Joyce Floyd died. 
Yes. Yes. That moment was a catalyst for mm -hmm. me as yes. an African person. Right. Say, uh -huh. I sat back and I said, the only reason you're going to treat somebody like that is because your perspective of who that person is, is completely screwed. Yes. Not yes. Your, your perspective is just mm -hmm. not right. At that moment, I said, the perspective that the war has of Africa uh -huh. is completely wrong. Yes. They don't understand the black person. No. Whether the black person is in the Caribbean, the black person is in the Jamaica, the Brazil, China, yes. India, America, yes. France, Britain. It doesn't yes. matter where in the world a black person is. There is a perception about that yes. black person that is not correct. And mm -hmm. I am privileged that I grew up in a village. I am privileged that I grew up with all black people in leadership. Yes. Parents, teachers, mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. was my me, my color, right? Yes, right. So I had to revisit that and said, mm -hmm. how is that my strength? How can I use what I grew up with to start mm -hmm. to change perspectives about who people are? Because somebody have said, many, many, many uh, uh, Pan-Africanists or mm -hmm. Black activists have said, you are not going to be free until the African, on the African continent, feels like they are free. You are not going to find value in yourself until the African on the continent thinks that they are valuable. And I mm -hmm. said, if I, as an African, I don't value myself, my culture, my ways of being, my ways of doing things, I'm still going to be a Christian. Like I, it's yes, a yes. I need uh -huh. to be a Christian, but I did mm -hmm. not make that choice in exchange for every single value that I have as an African. So right. I started taking pride in my culture. Yes. I started purposefully going back to my roots because I looked at Joyce Floyd and I said, you treated him like an animal. And you yes. constantly say Africans are animals. Mm -hmm. I need to, to, to not keep following your everything you say mm -hmm. that removes me from that. Even though, because maybe I'm worried that you might think that I am primitive. I am this, I am that. Fine. Mm -hmm. I know I am not primitive because right. I'm primitive based on who whose standards your standard you're civilized but you just killed a man on the streets so whose standards are we talking about so yeah. i had to really ask these difficult questions mm -hmm. and start to really go back i started listening a lot more again to my african musics mm -hmm. i started to like okay how do i bring back my african clothing and combine it and mm -hmm. and just be in Africa, I wear African clothing a lot more than I wear Western clothing. So why am I doing it differently here? I start to say, okay, how can I blend things? How can I be proud of who mm -hmm. I am? Yes. If I can be proud of who I am and understand that deep riches of the African continent that you yeah. saw, uh -huh. it will make you the, the, uh, the African or the black person that is somewhere else to start seeing that I pride myself in my culture. And you might ask, why is she priding herself in her culture? And then you might learn more. I need to be an example to you.
If I'm not an example to you, you might never know. I know. So I have a responsibility to mm. carry myself in that riches and have that identity so mm. that other people that have never been to the African continent can understand that the Africa they're thinking of is not the Africa that is. Right. Yes, I agree with you. And I think that what you're saying, can you just imagine if we can get our, when I say our students don't know who they are. Our black students don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know the richness of their culture. They don't know the richness of the, the values, their traditions, our languages with an S. They don't know it again because they don't know who they are. They don't apply themselves in school. They don't recognize what education is. They don't know where they're going. Right. They don't know why. So right. there goes their future and how they interact and relate to other people. Right. They, we all need to be examples. Yes. We all need to carry ourselves a certain way and interact with one another. There's so many old time stories and some people say, oh, that, that's true. Other people say, no, it's not. But you see it being carried out in relationships where, you know, those that have against those that don't have the light against the dark. Mm -hmm. It's all those things, mm -hmm. whether it's true or not, people are acting on those things mm -hmm. and we need to get rid of that. We need to, again, we need to help one another. We mm -hmm. all have certain gifts uh, or talents. You know, mm -hmm. I know we have gifts with Christ, but we have, we have talents. Some of us can cook. Some of yeah. us can sew. Some of us can do this. And there are all those things. And if one would help the other, it would relieve a lot of the problems that maybe a mom with five children is going through. And so you many times when someone is parenting that many children, they have to, in essence, rob from Peter to pay Paul. In other mm -hmm. words, one kid is going to be without. Mm -hmm. That kid is going to suffer and react so horribly in class mm -hmm. or so horribly just out in public society. Mm -hmm. But if we work together, like they say, children, they build prisons according to the number of children uh, that can't read by grade three. Well, that should never happen. No. Approach this as these babies are our babies. They should all be able to read. Mm -hmm. We should be teaching them so much, but we're, we're at a disadvantage because half of the energy is spent tearing one another down because we right. don't know who we are. Amen. We don't know who we are. So we've got to work that. We, we have to work those issues and, and bring a change. Mm -hmm. uh, again, Africa is amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Not on every aspect. The beauty just in the animals. The <laughs> I mean, I could go on for the food. The everything. Oh, the food. I miss the food. Yeah, so it's just so much, but we can begin to teach one another and change our, the, the trajectory of our students, of our mm -hmm. black kids. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's so much. And again, we have so much beauty. We just, yeah. you know, I, I tell my students all the time, I wish that all of you could take a trip to Africa. Amen. You, you know, Carol, yes. with my nonprofit, if money was not an issue, Mm -hmm. My greatest desire would be to take children on between 12 and 21 uh -huh. Africa for at least a week or two. Yes, that would be awesome. Every year, especially the black children. Right? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. 
black children right because them in there, take a tour of the villages take a tour of the city have them play with other kids yes have the experience maybe the classroom for a week yes and then bring them back that yes. would be my dream for yes. the young african-american child mm -hmm. that would yes. be my dream for them i have that yes. dream i don't have the money but mm -hmm. god bless me with money that's something that i am going to do yes i i agree i think that that would be an amazing thing i think it would help them yeah um because they have such a different attitude and these stories that they believe i don't even know where half of them came from but <laughs> yeah old it's, story told by media mm -hmm. and things like that they yes and they just believe it but they mm -hmm. don't realize that that's not true no i also i i noticed that you do storytelling i love that i always think about the fact that in our in our bibles uh the parables were the yeah. way that Christ, you know, that was the first storytelling and how he, you know, shared with people. And so I, I tried to, to, to use stories right. in my classroom, hoping that it would help. Yes. Um, you yes. know, you could, so I'm trying to get them above everything to think. Right. To think, don't just accept something that someone told you. Right. Don't react a certain way. Sometimes if a kid can do something and get away with it, yeah. the other children will, do the same they will mimic that kid's behavior yes, yes but, learning. but there's one thing right now that seems to be going on and i'm not sure how to approach it but if a teacher if a student has done something and the teacher decides to call the parent to say look your kid is doing x y and z the child becomes almost enraged but then what they do is they tell lies about that teacher but then their friends come along and they go along with it they, and they're saying yes that's exactly what that teacher did and that teacher so that's why i think we have not just the way that they teach treat teachers but this new thing that's coming up many many teachers are coming out of their profession mm -hmm. because it's, it's, not, it's too much that's not what they yeah. sign up for they sign up to to to, to help your child learn they don't sign right. up to raise the child Right, exactly. Right. Well, we, we have you know, all these values right. that they should come into mm -hmm. the classroom with. Right. But where do they get this example from to, in other words, like you, the, you, the teacher are calling the parent, mm -hmm. but then they're the student and they take the teacher to the administration. And then the student, I mean, the teacher loses their job or their credentials over a lie. So how, you know, I don't know. What we can do about that as well. I don't know what. I'm that's that's yeah, a topic is. more for, for additional research. That's something yes. that maybe we can mm -hmm. explore moving forward. Yes. If you and have how, answers to that, come back, right. have another mm -hmm. talk, and, yes. and we can explore that even further. Because yes. that doesn't it doesn't end at the lower level, this vengeful and yes. doing anything they can. Mm -hmm. to get what they want they will lie to get what they want exactly it doesn't end at that level you would go yes. you will grow with that and they would do that and they could be on job sites and right. if they don't like something about you they would mm -hmm. do they'll even tell a lie or twist yes that yes. you've done just so mm -hmm. that they can get you fired so yes exactly it's, it's just you're seeing who they're gonna be when they grow up right they have no idea when they start and that's a, a very oh it's a it's a game that nobody should play because yeah. they're gonna mix with the wrong people 
Yeah. And it will be devastating. So, yeah. but how do we get people? So that tells you that they're not a, a, a people or a population, student population with integrity. Right. They don't tell the truth. Right. And once they see that it's working, you know, I, I know. Well, I'm the thing is this though, it, our society have also said that truth is relevant, right? Right. And okay. It's your truth. It's my mm -hmm. truth and all mm -hmm. of that. Not right. saying there's no value in that. Basically right. saying that, where do you draw the line? Yes. Where does a child learn to draw the line? So yes. to that child, that's their truth. Uh-huh. It's, I, I don't know what we are going to do. We got, it, it just kind of pursed on my end. Like okay. I'd, I basically said, what was the truth and what, like, what, where do we draw the line? So every thought you have after that, please do share. <laughs> okay, where do we draw the line? Again, I think it goes back to parenting okay. and the values that we instill in our children that is important. And we've got to some way show them that when you don't tell the truth, what the, the consequences are. And so it's, it's a lot, again, it's a lot of things. I do notice that in some schools, if they will tell you, you cannot eat in class, you cannot use your cell phone in class. Well, you... In your class, you might say, you, you guys know the rules, you cannot eat in here, and or you cannot use your cell phone. And they will say, oh, well, Miss So-and-so lets us do it, or Mr. So-and-so. So you teachers have got to be, they've got to be consistent, they've got to yeah. be committed, and they've yeah. got to stick together too. Otherwise, there, it's going to be an, uh, a huge hassle yeah. about what they the kids want to do and what they don't want to do. It's right. um, And if you... you you have so, saying that is actually like reminds me of a situation that I had to hide, handle even at the doctorate level, right? Okay. And they were, they're like, well, uh, this other teacher said we don't have to do it. Or my, my other student said their teacher don't make them do it. And I was yes. like, that's their teacher. Yes. That's not me. I'm making right. you do it. You are my student. Uh-huh. I'm making you do it. <laughs> I was like, it blew my mind because again, going back to my roots, as you were saying, as an African born and native, I, I, it was just shocking to me that the student would even say something like that to me. Like, I need to change my rules because that other person put this on their rules. Yes. I was so like, that, no, it's not happening. So then you get that teacher aspect, a perspective in there that, that's going to, to, deter you from getting across you've got to work with the parents and you've got to work with the teacher yeah. and it's or i get you're not supposed to have a cell phone sometimes a kid will say to me oh it's my mom calling she just wants to find out this some said your mother calls you during class time that doesn't make any sense and no. of course you can't say to them you know give me your phone let me talk to your mom because and that doesn't work either but it is there's a lot that needs to be done we need to look at a lot um I know in my uh, last dissertation, I uh, used the framework of Bronfen Brenner and also of Dr. Tyrone Howard. Dr. Howard is over at UCLA. He usually works a lot with male students, black male students, but um, he felt or he feels that a huge thing is the relationship that we have with our students. And so he's saying, you know, you need to ask the student how they're doing, what's going on in their life. You know, because these kids are going through a lot. And so they need someone to maybe bounce things off or to just have some sort of conversation with. Mm -hmm. But 
And I really agree with a lot. We had huge trainings in our school district regarding this, this particular subject matter. But now what's coming up is a lot of the things that are in building this student-teacher relationship falls under the umbrella of sexual grooming. In other words, like if you're asking a kid little things like, oh, how? You're asking the kid things that are personal. And you have to be really careful because if you, I don't know if you've ever noticed any of the things that are coming up now where they're saying this teacher had a, a, an improper relationship with a student. Right. A lot of those things come out. You know, they, 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 a lot of times teachers were having parties for their students where they supply alcohol and movies, you know, things like that. Well, it can lead to that. You have to be really careful. So I'm not sure what they're going to come up with next. Hmm. Uh, that's sort of interesting to me. Um, and I really, really value Dr. Howard. He is a great individual. Mm -hmm. um, Ron Finbrenner, he's basically saying that every system you have within any community is the same, but the systems in the urban communities are damaged and oppressed. So the kids don't get the same values mm -hmm. if they would get if they were in a community that was one that was entitled. And mm -hmm. so I understand that as well. We have people talking to us about what our kids eat that makes them more prone to violence. Mm -hmm. So you see, there's so many different aspects. Parts, yeah. yeah, so many different. But um, I do think that the parent relationship parent-child relationship is huge mm -hmm. because a parent-child relationship covers what the kid eats, mm -hmm. covers, you know, they would be able to set up boundaries mm -hmm. or talk to their child about mm -hmm. what kind of relationship they would have with the teacher. Right. Or they would be privy to that kind of knowledge. So that mm -hmm. would help them. So again, I think it's the, the foundation. Right. It is. Yeah. I think it's the foundation. Um, so um, I, I, uh, um, now that you mentioned a parent a couple of times, mm -hmm. uh, one thing I, the, the, my participants were teachers, administrators, elders in the community, parents, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then students. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments as you're talking, one of the comments I received was the students noting that it is important for the parents to be a part of their education because yeah. of basically what you're saying mm -hmm. like their feeding like the parent needs to be re responsible for their feeding the yes parents need to be responsible for supplying like the things that they need to thrive in school so yes, they're yes. worried when mm -hmm. they get to school and mm -hmm. that comment didn't hit me until you just said what you've said because mm -hmm. um i took for granted that that's what african parents do because that's yeah. what my parents did yeah so it was just that emphasis of the yes. importance of the mm -hmm. parent in the teaching process so i have a symbiotic uh, a model that actually includes all of that like the okay. local context and the local culture you uh -huh. have to the parent the the teacher um the student in the conversation mm -hmm. of teaching mm -hmm. and and the te uh, if I haven't touched the teacher and the administrators, all of, everybody needs to be a part of that conversation. Of yes. It yes. cannot be something where the parent dumped the child and mm -hmm. then it's your responsibility to raise the child, educate mm -hmm. the child, but mm -hmm. the parent tells you the rules of raising that child. Mm -hmm. 
it's too hard for one teacher. One teacher can do yes. that. It's, and you see, each student comes with their own set of circumstances. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I had one uh, student that um, for breakfast, she would come. She didn't, she didn't like what they gave them at school. So she would have this brown bag. And in that brown bag for breakfast, she would have donuts, chocolate bars, chips, mm -hmm. sodas. She had, oh, so I told her, she was like maybe... 13 or 14, I said, you don't want to eat like that. That can lead to diabetes. And I said, you're young, you know, you know, one day you might want to have children. I said, it's sometimes when they put you on insulin, not always, but sometimes it could lead to you having you with the inability to have children. Mm -hmm. So she told everybody that I was fat shamming her. So I had to wow. call her. Oh, I had yeah. to call her parent for something. And so the lady said, Oh, so you're the teacher that's been fat shamming my daughter or my granddaughter. And I said, no, I said, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to diabetes. And so I don't want her to be sick. And a lot of times our kids, our people don't have that knowledge. You know, you and a lot of things that we eat might be cheap to some, you know, but it turns into sugar mm -hmm. or whatever it does. You know, like sometimes a kid may go to McDonald's and have a large orange juice and hash browns. Well, that mm -hmm. orange juice is filled with sugar. The hash browns are potatoes that turns into sugar. All of those things affect you. Who wants to stick themselves every day? Who wants mm -hmm. to have to take insulin? So if you start eating the right way, so I was able to convince Yeah, go ahead. You were I able was, to convince I was able to convince her. And she just said, well, she will never eat like that again. She won't be bringing oh, those bags. So that God. works. That yes. works. Thank God. Uh, but you see, you were a mature teacher, right? Yes. And you were able to handle it the way you handle it. Mm -hmm. A younger teacher would just be like, I don't have to deal with this. And yes. they leave. And You're then right. the school system doesn't mm -hmm. have enough teachers. No. It's not that there's not enough people willing to teach. Is that yes. nobody is willing to deal with what you, you just explained. Yes. I feel like they're working on eggshells. I feel yes. like the parent is going to come after them. People don't want I, that. I had another student that done some things that were wrong. And so I called her mother to tell her, I mean, we went back and forth, back and forth. The, the late, the mother even kept the student out of school so that when we talked, the student would be there to maybe say, I'm telling the truth or telling a lie. But in the end, the little girl appeared to be sorry. And so mm -hmm. she was apologizing to me for what she did. Mm -hmm. And her mother said, oh no, oh no, no, no. You're gonna get her. She did what? not want, she didn't want her child to. So to me, she was teaching the kid to be stupid. Yes. But, you know, she should have wanted her to be humble. If she did something wrong, yes. she should apologize for what she did. But it's it's a huge thing. But again, it goes back to the parenting. So then you have to look at how do we educate these parents? Right. What do, what do we do? You know, so if you were to have a situation where a parent could actually observe a classroom, if their student was in there, that student is not going to do anything wrong while their parent is observing. So mm -hmm. if we, I think it would be good to have cameras, but a lot of teachers say, no, they feel like it's invasive. Yeah. It's invasive. And that somebody would be critiquing how they teach, mm -hmm. but I'd rather for you to critique how I teach and maybe I correct it, or maybe I can show you where it's the right way and have the uh, parents be able to see what these teachers are up against mm -hmm. trying to teach their children. Right. You good know, point. Like, yeah. Online classrooms is a good example because when you record an online classroom, they can go back and watch it and be like, yes. okay, this is what happened, mm -hmm. that what happened. And mm -hmm. yeah, so you have you have a point there. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't know what the fine print will look like and all of that. But mm -hmm. 
if you take it from the context of an online class, then things get recorded and you can go back and observe and say, okay, this yes. is what happened. Yes. And you can clear your mm-hmm. and learn from it, grow from it. Parents can learn from it, grow from it. Yes. Because visualization is a big part of yes. uh-huh. change, right? Systemic yeah. change, visualization is a big part of it. Um, right. That said, I, um, I wanted to ask you, there is this big thing that is on social media about African versus African-Americans. Africans don't like African-Americans and da, 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 mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. don't like us. So mm-hmm. what was your experience? Like, did you have any of that fear before going to Africa? Like, oh, maybe we're I, not. I, I, I have heard the comments that, you know, the African people don't really accept us or, or whatever, but when I went there, I didn't feel any of it. And I did not have that in the back of my head or anything. I just went with an open mind and an open heart. And I just observed how they treated me. And they were, like I said, they were kind to me. They showed me, they were, you know, they, they went out of their way to help. They were respectful. They wanted to share their culture with me. You know, they would, so I, I just, I, I truly enjoy it. I loved it. I'm ready to go back. Good. I want to go back to the parts that I didn't go, you know, I didn't get a chance to go to. I'm ready to go back. And I'm trying to, again, help some of the students that, that are there, uh, you know, sponsor some of the kids. I just need to, to find a way to make more money mm-hmm. or to know how to access grants or something mm-hmm. that I can help these kids with. But mm-hmm. no, I didn't feel any of that. I didn't feel awesome. like they didn't like me. Mm-mm. That is great because that is what I, when I started hearing those comments, I was very shocked. I was like, wait, what? Africans? Mm -hmm. Especially on the continent? We love people. (laughs) Anybody Mm -hmm. that is a guest is treated like royalty. What are you talking about? Exactly, yes. I met a lady when I went to the, I think it was last night, and they said she was a, a princess. And my heart was just overflowing. And I just ran up to her and I hugged her real tight. And I said, oh, a real live princess. princess. <laughs> you are beautiful. And she was so kind. She gave me, she says, I will be in the States in such and such a time. And I said, please call me. We can yeah. do something, you know. But I, I really felt that a real live princess, princess, African princess. I was so, oh, I was just overjoyed. I was, I was so excited and I felt privileged to meet her. And she, yeah. I think that she could feel my gen my being genuine and she mm-hmm. said she was talking there was another lady with her she said get her information get her information and so hopefully we will get to see each other and if i get back to africa i'm yeah. definitely going to look her up yes, I know you with her. yeah it was she was such a beautiful lady you know a real life princess <laughs> you know i, I was so nice Yes, I ever I never know when I talk to people, I never know. I always expect two things. After they really didn't like the African continent where they went, or they really, really loved it and want to go. Yes, so I, do. I am glad you're in that group that really, yes. really enjoyed your stay and mm-hmm. want to go back. And yes. as you know, I have a nonprofit that works in Africa and here. So if there's anything we can collaborate on, work on, try to get some of those things you want to accomplish, accomplish. Yes. On the continent, don't mm-hmm. hesitate to let me know. So I will, I will, um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to work some more on this parenting thing, and I will yes. try to keep you informed as I yes. go along. You know the process. So that's yes, yes. Let's make let's be the change we want to see in the world. And yes, 
let's leverage the knowledge we have and share it. Okay, <laughs> I think we should do that. Yeah, let's bring our countries, our people together. Oh, we have people together. We yes. have a very rich heritage, and yes, nobody ever, ever, ever make us feel like it's inferior. Mm -hmm. It's not yes. inferior. It's actually mm -hmm. one of the richest heritage we, that the world yes. has seen, and we need to take pride in that. Yes, we do. So, and I will try to keep you posted as I go along and as I do things that maybe you can use some of it and yes. whatever. But I'm I will. Feel free to use any of my work and okay. contact for help anytime. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Asante. Asante. Thank you. Yeah. Okay.